0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 119 of the Psychology World Podcast with me Con Whiteley, and today's episode is on what are the benefits of prioritizing friendships. So uh, this is a social psychology podcast episode with um, I don't know quite a a dip into clinical psychology because of course as we know if we don't prioritize friendships if we don't keep our social relationships alive then now this really can impact our mental health which can lead to lots of undesirable outcomes. So this is a very important episode for clinical psychology reasons, mental health reasons, and basically, this is just such a critical area, so that's why we're covering it today, on today's episode. And it is Friday the 5th of November 2021, as I recall this, and in the UK, this is known as Bonfire Night, (laughs) because Guy Fawkes tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament in the 1600s. Yeah, but like, in the 1600s, so I need to make sure that I recall this earlier, yeah, but like, just so um, you don't get lots of fireworks in the background. So we move on to the psychology news section. So moving from the British Psychological Society Research Digest, and there are lots of good ones here today. But yes, but I'm only going to say three. Massive study finds no link between time spent playing video games and well-being. Video games are perhaps one of the most politicized forms of entertainment media out there. In the decades since they were first created, governments, politicians, health bodies, and beyond have voiced concerns that the amount of time some players spend in these virtual worlds could be detrimental to their mental health. Despite all this concern, there's been a lack of high-quality research into the effects of video games on player well-being. To remedy this situation, Matti Dahu and colleagues at University of Oxford, in a collaboration with several large game publishers such as Nintendo and Square Enox, conducted an ambitious longitudinal study. These fears, that they concluded in the recent um, preprint on Psych, AR, VIX, which I completely butchered, are unfounded, and this is what I've spoken about a lot of times on the podcast before, because all of these concerns, for example, video games are responsible for the mass shootings, they make people, yeah, but like, they desensitise people to violence, they make people these horrible mass killers, and on and on and on, are just not true, and there's so much research that says that video games don't actually do this, and I forget when it was, it was probably in the 90s uh, for this, uh, between episode 91 and episode 99 of the podcast that uh, I actually did a reflection on this because I actually covered it on the podcast before in another psychology news section. And even if we like believe this and even if this is like brand new information to us, like this it doesn't mean that we have fallen for someone's uh, political ambition, yes yeah, so, like someone's um, unfounded But it just means that whenever we hear something, we always need to question how true it is. Is it actually research supported or is it just hearsay? So it's very good that there is a more high quality researcher coming out of this just so we can test these beliefs. So the next one is frenemies both help and harm each other at work. Think about your relationship with your colleagues. I bet there are at least some who are you called frenemies. Maybe there's a co-worker a sense of humour um, you love, say, but who also irritates you by failing to pull their weight. In fact, the workplace is the ideal breeding ground for relationships that are characterised by simultaneous strong positive and negative feelings. So-called ambivalent relationships, or frenemies, note the authors of a new paper in the Journal of Applied Psychology. It's surprising then how little is known about how Frenemies behave with each other, right? Shermil Melwati at the University of North North Carolina, Chapter Hill and Ramona Rothman at at Lehigh University, so the pair ran a series of studies to find out. And I cannot agree more with this because Frenemies is just sort of one of those terms and my mind would never go towards, well, let's find out what that actually means. So it's really, and this this is something that I love psychology, and no, I'm not gonna talk about the article too much, but this is what I love about psychology, because there are so many brilliant, really, really smart people in our psychology that actually gets us thinking like you know, about these really common situations that we all find ourselves in, and all of these common relationships. So this is absolutely great about psychology, and I'm really glad that we are researching everything. No matter how little or how insignificant it seems, it's good that we're researching it, because we never know how significant these are things like uh, could actually become, um, be, yeah, like become, that because now that we know that frenemies can actually harm people at work, It'd be interesting to see do they do more harm than good, and then what implication does that have for organisational psychology and mental health? So really glad it's just yeah this is just what I love about psychology. And the last one is young people around the world um, report high levels of climate anxiety. In the past few years, the effects of climate change have become undeniably apparent. In the last two years alone, headlines. Have been thought of the climate disasters, from forest fire smoke during San Francisco's sky aluminous red to torrential flooding in Germany and China. In the face of events like this, anxiety and fear about climate change is undoubtedly increasing. Far from being indicative of a mental illness or a mental health difficulties, as I prefer to call them, climate anxiety, also known as eco anxiety or climate distress, more neatly fits under the banner of a practical anxiety, fears that motor change to help us respond to threats. Even though this in itself is useful, the experience of fear can be unrelenting and have serious consequences for mental health and functioning. Young people are more at risk than these are from older generators. An uncertain and a dangerous climate situation poses the most risk to their futures, after all. It's up with this in mind that, Car- that Caroline Hickman and her colleagues at the University of Bath set out to investigate the extent of young people's feelings and thoughts on climate change and the functional impact associated with them. In the global study posted as a preprint in SSRN, they look at how threats of climate change as well as government responses to these threats affect the emotions and day-to-day functioning of young people. So I'm not going to like click on the article and actually go into the depths of the research because the title like summarises it quite nicely. But there are two things that I do want to comment on. First of all, it's actually brilliant that there are more preprints coming in psychology because if we all remember the crisis, at least in social psychology, which is where like numbers of really notable studies have actually found out to be falsified, and then we've also got the publication bias, which is where only really interesting, really engaging, very uh, different studies that actually are able to like, get the published. And the pre-printing is a possible solution, because yeah, we're like um, preprinting, and there's and there's something about uh, like a submission form I remember, like from a talk that i So it's a great that we are like, using like um, preprints more. But what I also want to say that is that light like, to something. Center. This is actually quite heartening to some, again, yeah, what right like, some I guess in the way because it shows that younger people do, but want the uh, climate change crisis so to like, stop. And yes, it's a concerning and about the mental health, but hopefully, and of course, I'm being very optimistic here. <laughs> hopefully there yeah but that will only add urgency to the uh, government responses about the climate change crisis because of course climate change does not just affect uh, the uh, climate and uh, the environment it also affects other uh, like economy global public health and mental health so so but this is all very very interconnected but it's very interesting so i hope that you enjoyed the psychology news section as much as i have so let's move on to the personal update <laughs> So moving on to the personal update, so uh, this week I actually want to start off with a slightly sad note, because as I found out on Monday, Aaron Beck has died on Monday, which is very tragic at the age of 100, and I was just like, no, and normally I do not have that sort of like reaction to death so for people whether I don't know, because I simply, yes, yeah, because I simply like, just I like, don't know them, and uh, yes, I, but when I found out that Aaron Beck had died, I was like, no, but simply because he had he had contributed so much to psychology, and the reason why I actually wanted to mention it on this a uh, personal update was I have no idea. It really. just to sort of like highlight that he did an amazing work for psychology. Without him, psychology would be completely different. Clinical psychology would be completely different. Mental health would be completely different because of course he yes because of course it was him in the sixties that created. Like his like theory of depression and all of the cognitive explanations, then he went on to create cognitive behavioral therapy, and then cognitive behavioral therapy became the solid foundation for lots of like modern practices, dialectical behavioral therapy, and so many other great psychotherapies. So he did an amazing work. He's an amazing person, and it's really sad that he died. But it, yes, but at least he could sort of die knowing that he really will be a yeah, member to flight like, ages because simply because he did such outstanding work yeah so that's like mini like legit. so we're uh, moving on slightly to, like, happier topics uh I, yeah well like, on monday i went out out for the first time <laughs> because i've been out tons of yeah well like at times that were like since the, uh, the pandemic and, and like at the end of like, lockdown now because i've been like to london but i haven't actually been to university for Got at least 18 months 18 six yeah but like 18 or more months because i left because i left the university and i came home on the first day before the first lockdown here having like the uk so basically that by, it was like 18 months so it was a very very long time ago yeah but i like when they're for a meeting I, with my placement supervisor and he's a phd student they're both like lovely people then it was actually really nice to actually see people apply face-to-face and actually have like such a good meeting. But then I went to social and the reason why I wanted to mention this is actually, first thing is, hello everyone, a big hard <laughs> big playing instrument supervisor, but like, did a little promo like for the podcast. So in case any of you like um, decided to like, listen to the podcast, like, welcome, it's like great to have you here and it's actually great to have you all here. But then I also wanted to mention this though, is that I also know that some listeners of the podcast have actually just started um university and so they might be a little nervous about going into like university socials though because even though this is my sort of like third year of like being at like university, my impression of university socials, because this is all I knew from like um, first year, that was that the people would be drinking, there'd be lots of partying and clubbing, which now I say actually reminds me like about how like silly the perception was, but I don't drink, I don't like a partying and I really don't like clubbing. Some I was like really like nervous and I really did not want to go there, but I like went and it was like, and a great time. I have met so many amazing people, and the pitch nary game was absolutely brilliant. So I just had so much fun, and it was so nice to see more people like face to face and hear so many great stories. though, because as an icebreaker, we did um two truths and a lie, and that was just hilarious. And yes, yeah, so it was just so great to hear everyone's very weird stories. Uh. But the reason why I want to tell you this is. That it's just that if you're new to university, even if you've been going to university for a little while, yeah, I really do recommend that you do go to these as socials that because they are fun, they can be really good and, and like if they're a like university based one, then there's not gonna be drinking, clubbing and like everything those are yeah, but well, like and I think they are, but they are going to be fun. So I just thought that I would like put that out there in a case that you ever like need it. So, as always, I always love to hear your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. So, you can always email me, ConorWhiteley at net. You can always leave a comment on the show notes at ConorWhiteley.net full slash podcast. And you can also tweet me on Twitter at Sci Fi I always love to hear from you because it really helps make the podcast feel more like a conversation. And today's episode has been sponsored by Social Psychology, a guide to social and cultural psychology third edition. So this is an absolute brilliant book that I cannot recommend enough because this really does go into great depth about social psychology and why it's so interesting and it covers a lot of area. For example from like the cultural dimensions and like how culture can impact our behaviour. Then it also goes into the um, psychology of like social groups, social influence, um, persuasion and so many more great absolutely brilliant topics. So I cannot kind of recommend this are great book enough because it will really help you understand the social psychology more and this is not abnormal boring a textbook in fact I never call these books textbooks because these are written in a really engaging really voicey really fun ways so I can recommend these are great books enough So, that is Social Psychology, a guide to Social and Cultural Psychology 3rd edition, available from all major ebook retailers, and you can also the payback, hardback and large print versions from Amazon, your local books or local library if you be requested. And if you wanted to buy the ebook directly from me, then please go to payhip.com forward slash Connor Whiteley. And if you wanted to buy me a coffee, then you can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Connor Whiteley. And all of these methods are a great way to help support the podcaster just so the uh, podcast can keep going a little longer so well, let's dive into the content part of today's episode so we're uh, moving on to the content part of today's episode so we're going to be talking about what are the benefits of prioritizing friendships and i know this doesn't sound like a topic we should be covering because of course you just should prioritize you, um, your friendships. But as research has shown, there are some really great benefits that I cannot recommend enough. And this was, was such an interesting episode for me to research. So hopefully, yeah, yes, like hopefully though, you're going to enjoy. And some of the results are actually very surprising. So what are the benefits of prioritizing friendships? So Lee Pengui, NL of 2001, course completely but to that, conducted a great study in 99 countries using 323,000 participants. And as it is the Psychology World Podcast, I absolutely love global um, research and if you ever find any, please send it to me. I always absolutely love it. <laughs> okay. So when I saw this research used a lot of uh, different countries that would allow us to imply some universal rules of behavior, I was instantly interested and I knew this would definitely be a podcast episode. So the researchers got the participants to use a number of, of rating scales to see how important friends were to them, how happy they were, how healthy they were, and some more information. So the researchers would get a full picture of the participant and the social groups. At first, if you've ever done a social psychology, then okay, before then you would probably guess <laughs> of a few possible advantages, But I still think that some of these results are very worth thinking about because, interestingly. The results showed that participants were rated in their friends as more important, uh, tended to be healthier, more satisfied with their lives and happier, which is very important because it shows the importance of the social groups of humans and their mental health. Uh, Furthermore, the research shows that there were certain groups of people that were more likely to rate their friends uh, as more important to them. These people were women, people in countries with less equality, people with higher levels of education, as well as people in countries that allow people to enjoy life more. And these are countries that don't suppress people's needs for um, gratification through very strict social norms. However, when we dug into the research even more, we see that there's another layer to the data. Due to whilst it's true people who rate their friends as more important got stronger benefits from it, this correlation was stronger for some than others. Which this raises the question, who gets the most benefits from their friends? And it turns out on the whole, people from from inter, um, individualistic cultures, people that value freedom more, older people, women and people with lower levels of education tend to see more benefits from friendships than others. Which I think is really interesting because you would have thought it was that it would be more collectivist cultures. But you also tend to find that certain collectivist cultures of course I'm not going to name names of certain massive countries here <laughs> yeah well like they tend to suppress people's needs for gratification through very strict social norms so I guess it makes sense that into you know, the the individualistic inter- cultures <laughs> God I really cannot speak a big yeah, we well, have like, a big word tonight <laughs> um yeah well like they would tend to see more benefits from uh, their friendships. Overall, the study shows very convincing evidence for the importance of friendships and how they affect both mental and physical health, as well as these conclusions have been supported by a variety of other studies, as discussed in my social psychology book. But there are some things to bear in mind. So as much as I would love to say this study, and because it's truly massive and it has results from all over the world, that is amazing and I would love to have the resources to do my own global research. However, there are problems with this research. Mainly because it's just all correlational, and the research was done by averages, so of course, there will be some men who strongly value their friends, some of them, yes, and then there would be some women who don't, there would be some people who are extremely healthy and happy, despite not having many friends. In addition, the results aren't very strong, or the correlations are rather weak, despite the results being statistically significant, meaning the benefits of rating their friends as important were only slight. Personally, I think that whilst these were the results, there's still lots of benefits of having friends of a a course and social relationships. From your mental health to social support, to keeping mental health conditions away, social groups are critical for humans, but the research was still great. So overall, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope that you learned something and I got something out of it. If you know someone who would enjoy today's episode, then please share it with them. Uh, I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help spread the word about the podcast. And please check out Social Psychology, a guide to social and cultural psychology third edition. It's a great book. I really do recommend it. And it really does build on what we've spoken about in today's episode. So that is available in all of the usual places. And if you wanted to buy me a a coffee uh, to just show a bit of like one-time support, then please go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash ConwayTD. So have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it if you want to see the show notes then please go to conorwhitely.net and if you want a free eight book psychology box set then please go to conorwhitely.net have a great day and i'll see you next time